When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is up? Welcome to episode number 406 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the trimmed-up Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? Yes, Alex Fast is still in his parents' basement, which <laughs> means that he's talking out of his headphone mic once again. In the yeah. past week, Fast, you couldn't find anything? This is the last week I'll do it, though. Next week, I'm back. <laughs> High-quality mic. But you, you also did what I did. You went to the barber and you said, "Give me the January 6th. and uh, oh, and wow. here we are, okay. right? Nice and oh, nice. Okay. There's no fade. <laughs> so, I no... know, just mine, <laughs> just mine. Someone said that to me, and I was like, "Yeah, it's funny." I don't know about you, but I go to the barber sometimes. And I just get bored because my hair grows so quick, and I'm like, "Do whatever." And sometimes I love it, and sometimes I get the January 6th, and now here I am. Okay, um, well, well you, you look all right. Uh, I have my guy Aziz at ah. the uh, the. The Georgia Barbershop. <laughs> I love given. it. I yeah. love it. Uh, Georgia is in the country. Yeah, um, yeah of course. Uh, on, on 11th Street. They're wonderful. It's much cheaper than where I used to go. I show yeah. him the picture. He nods. He loves it. Does the haircut. It's great. You know, I yeah. got to I got sh- to share a quick anecdote that you just reminded me Please. of thinking about local businesses, right? I tweeted about this today and I needed an outlet to talk about it as well. I went to I my my I'm here with my nieces and nephews and my oldest nephew who I'm very close with is 10 years old. My sister was like, "He really wants like a boys day with you." So he wants you to take him to Barnes and Noble and later tonight we're going to watch Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah. And yeah, so, which is he, what he chose. And I was sitting and we went to Barnes and Noble, I was sitting in the cafe and it was a pretty slow day at Barnes and Noble and the Starbucks staff was talking with the Barnes noble staff and they were just spouting o's facts in their beautiful east coast accents and i had never it was just so charming because they were like yeah you know we're going on down to san diego now and we gotta face you darvish tonight you know he's eight and seven which isn't great but you know it was just like i've i've been going there 30 years or 34 years i've been going there 30 years that i can remember i've never heard the staff talk orioles baseball so many people at orioles jerseys it was just a beautiful thing that's not what we're talking about today no but that's great Congrats for nice. you. I'm so happy. I was saying, you know, I, I, I'm, I feel like an Orioles fan at the moment. Obviously, I'm not like one of you guys, but I'm rooting for them. And, you know what uh, we it's, need? It's you know what we need? What do you we're, need, we're, Fast? We're, we're never going to get it. There's a lot of talk of like, oh, this is the Orioles record since Adley got called up. I need the Orioles record since Nick said that the Orioles were not for real last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would I mean, love it's that. fine to say like, hey, I need just more time to prove it. And then it was actually like, what, two, three weeks until I was like, okay, I, I owe you yeah. an apology. Yeah, I did totally. it right away. No, it was very quick, but at this point, I would like to see what it is. Anyway, we're not You're talking welcome, about the Orioles. Pat, for the wonderful record you've had. Thank you. You you did this. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about the Orioles. We're talking about there's so many fantastic starting pitcher performances in the past week, and there's so many for us to talk about. So we're going to dive in 
Okay. Actually, before we do, Nick, let's let's hear the announcements, right? We got positions, we got um, the streams that we're doing. Where give give us give us the rundown. We've here. got lots of stuff. We've got the uh, on Wednesday we're watching Atlanta versus New York, the Yankees mm-hmm. on playback.tv slash pitcher list. Uh, that's gonna be hosted by Austin Bristow and Dave Sherman. Uh, yeah. And it's a watch party. It's free. Just show up and you get to hang out with the community and watch those really fun games together. It's amazing. Uh, it's why we're on playback instead of Twitch. We have an open position for a database engineer. Uh, so definitely go check that out. It's a part-time position now that can be full-time in the future. We also have cool stuff going over at Cubulus. I know the F word of football. However, we have a sister site that is fantastic with it. They just put yeah. out a What We Saw article there. Go check that out if you want some funny fantasy football stuff. And of course, we're going to be here through the entirety of the rest of the season. I'll have my edition of the list where I go over the schedule. I I believe that's September 4th um, will be will be that one. And also there's going to be an L.A. meetup on September 2nd. I will be there. I uh, and apparently <laughs> someone won't be. Yeah, there. We'll, get, we'll get into that one at a, at a later podcast. For sure. <laughs> uh, Nick, I got a new category for you today. It's reminiscent of one that we did in the past, but I think it's a pretty good one. I was thinking about it earlier today. It's like ways you're so you're at a party. Okay. Yeah, I'm at a party. Ways, oh boy. That's it. That's the that's the topic. <laughs> it's ways that you get out of a conversation with someone you don't really know. Oh yeah. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We did I don't think we've done this. We've done like ways you call for the check, which was a which No, was this a is a good one. one. I, I I know this. Okay. Yeah. Because well, I hope you have thirteen ways to do it. Let's dive it. in. Let's dive in with you. Yeah, I trust. I trust. Let's dive in with tier one here. One through four. We got Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, and Kevin Gosman. What's it called? Why is it called that? The easiest one, the quickest, the the staple, the one that always works without fail. Okay. Uh, excuse me, sorry, I gotta grab a drink. Oh, I gotta go grab a drink real quick. Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely it. Down it huh. if you need to, whatever. But without fail, it's like the nicest, easiest. Like, hey, excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just gotta go. I gotta grab a drink or whatever. You know, and there would, you go. Would you say that's the same as, hey, I'm gonna grab a drink real quick. Do you do you need anything? Uh, that's that- if you want to engage the conversation. Yeah, yeah, but how you yeah, phrase yeah. that? Uh, hey, um, hey, yeah. sorry. You just say quickly. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm just going to grab a drink. You know. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to go grab a drink real quick. Yeah. yeah I'll exactly. Talk to you in a bit. And that's it. And then Zoom. You're. you're yeah. You're you right. Got it. It's that's the easiest different. way to do it. Uh, there are obviously different phrases for what you want to go for, but that's yeah. the way you get out of that one. Yeah. Um. Not much movement, obviously, in the top four here because they, they there weren't many blow ups. What, yeah, what did change? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing to change here. Any quick words on any of these gents? Nah. All right, tier two. <laughs> uh, five through 11, this is Zach Allen, Tyler Glasnow, Zach Wheeler, Max Scherzer, Blake Snell, Pablo Lopez up five to 10, and Shohei Otani down one to 11. What's it called and why is it called that? Just be really nice. Hey, it was really nice meeting you. You know, uh, yeah. and there and there you go. And, it's, and then just like have a direction to go to. And why? Why why, you know, why this tier for that? You don't even need to. No, 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 no. Don't. Anytime you have to uh, give an excuse or something, I'm serious. This is actually a big oh, I- thing. The more that I you mean, go why into this detail year? stuff, oh my gosh! I'm just trying to explain. The more that you just leave it vague and, and straightforward, the better. Yeah, the more you add sure. details to this and this and that in any situation, don't do that. Just yeah. be straight and firm to the point. Okay, why is it this tier? Because I just say yeah, straight and firm to the point. This is good. These are solid. They are Fun. solid. I, oh, I mean. Lord. We, what straight and firm to the point? That was just the why thing. That that oof. Mm. 
We're gonna get through it. We're gonna get we through are. it. So two things. We're we're, gonna, we're obviously gonna talk about Pablo Lopez, who's the largest riser in the top ten as he jumps up five into the top ten, the highest position of the year for him so far. Did you? I, I as if we couldn't love Zach Gallon anymore. Uh, I don't know if you saw. He like had a tweet yesterday where he was oh, like, yeah. "I love these teal," and then had a vote today. Was yeah. like teal it was versus ninety like percent. It was unbelievable. I mean, I thought it was gonna <laughs> be like somewhat even, but like it was a trouncing. Without like, a doubt, it's better. It, I, saw, I, I was watching the game. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so let's let's talk about Pablo Lopez, who, I mean, is, is really on a tear since that tough start against Oakland in the middle of July where he gave up seven earned runs over five and two-thirds, yet to give up more than two earned runs, uh, and that's in his past five starts. Not all of them were quality starts, as he had, uh, you know, against Seattle, it was five innings of two earned runs, two walks, and seven Ks, but since then, we're on a, uh, what is it, one, two, three, four, for uh, quality start streak. Um, they're not really letting them hit 100 pitches too much. There are a few starts where maybe he could have, you know, gone deeper, gone into the seventh frame. You know, sometimes there was a lead against Philadelphia or even though he was at 92, which is still relatively high. Uh, they're, they're being a little cautious, but he has been executing. He has one walk in his last 19 frames. That is unbelievable. What is that? It's a, like... Uh, 20 to 1 walk ratio. It's unbelievable <laughs> right now. So give us some thought as to why Pablo Lopez is up in the top 10 now. I mean, I wouldn't even uh, say, that, hey, the 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 denominator or the, the 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 range is that seven earned run game. I would go past that. I would go last 12 starts for Pablo Lopez dating back to that Rays game against the, uh, yeah, the Rays game on June 7th. Pablo Lopez is a 2.83 ERA and a 102 whip with a 31% K rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15% swing strike rate. It's his PLV overall is five, three, one last start. 49% CSW on his four seam. We threw over 30 of them. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. Uh, Pablo Lopez has all the skills. We've been saying all the, all season long that his four plus ERA was just so weird. Guess what? He's at the three sixty six now. And that oh. includes that terrible beginning right now. You have this, uh, two, eight, three over the last 12 games. So, I love this. I've been actually, he's been saying that he felt like Pablo has been an ace is going to ace for a while. And it's about time. I mean, that's, as you just mentioned, three starts of one and run total. Um, the man deserves it. It's great to yeah. see. Uh, anyone else in the street you want to hit upon before going to tier three? It is kind of weird that Blake Snell just keeps doing this despite his walks. Uh, and Creative. Zach Gallon, by the way, last two starts, um, four seamers and curveballs have been back to what we saw in the spring. Finally, it was all this weird stuff before. And now he's doing the thing again. It's like, great. This is all we want to see. Let's move on to tier three. Then this is 12 through 19. We're talking Brandon Woodruff, Max Freed, Clayton Kershaw, George Kirby at 15 up three, Sandy Alcantara up four to 16, Corbin Burns down four to 17, followed by Julio Urias up seven to 18 and Logan Webb rounding out the tier at 19. What's it called and why is it called that? Okay. Uh, this is a tough one because I mean, it feels like it's a very standard one, but sometimes it can be a little bit, you know, you gotta be delicate how you say it. Um, but it's like, hey, I'm sorry, I just got to talk to uh, whatever, my friend mm. or whatever it is, right? The networking excuse. Yeah, and you have to be yeah. like, hey, you just got, you know. But it's specifically that one, um, which generally does work. It's like, you don't want to be rude. You know, you don't want to interrupt mm. someone's like, hey, it's fine. Um, but I, but yeah, sometimes it can be like, whoa, you want, you'd rather talk to someone else than me. You got to be careful about that one. But yeah. generally, that is an ace-worthy uh, line. 
Okay, I mean, uh, there's a few things kind of to talk about in this tier. Let's kind of go through them one by one. One, uh, talk to me about Brandon Woodruff leading off Tier 3 as opposed to being in Tier 2 and what separates him from the others in that pack. I mean, Woodruff, Freed, Kershaw, those three are the IL guys who we think are aces, and it's just a matter of time, really. Uh, I said three starts is the rule when you return from the IL to get your aces going to ace back. He's right there. Freed stumbled. And I need to see three great ones and feel really good about it. Honestly, if Freed's third start is amazing, then fine. You just get it. Whatever. You ignore the other start. And then Kershaw, the same kind of idea. So I, I love all three of those guys. I think they're going to be great. And honestly, if they all do well, they sh- might be above Scherzer inside of the Aces going to ace tier when they do get it. Okay. Uh, we should move on now to another guy rising up the, the, the ladder. Someone who might... I don't make a lot of bold predictions, but my bold prediction on some, you know, the talking with some people at the Seattle podcast was like, my dark horse Cy Young candidate was George Kirby. He's not going to win the Cy Young, but he could get Cy Young votes, which was my bold prediction. And holy moly, was that last start against Baltimore just absolutely masterful. And what was so funny was... It's it's rare where you can watch a starting pitcher and just go, yeah, that's fine. He's going to win. You know, know, like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, he's clearly better this day. The fact that we ended up, you know, uh, winning that game is absolutely bananas. But and also just seeing him in the ninth, get out of that jam, letting, you know, Scott Cervais trusts him right in the ninth in a situation where the Orioles really could have gone ahead and just gone to Felix Batista on the bottom of the ninth. And, you know, people are like, why is he throwing his glove? I don't think he was throwing his glove. I think he was hitting the top of the, 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 the dugout with it. Cause he was just mm. so amped the execution with the four seamers. So I good. mean, I, I think when we're talking about him, this is a guy like the command is there. And obviously he's not like the swing and the swing and miss guy. And as a result, he, you know, is always going to be a kind of borderline ace for teams, but like, Put it this way, is in your mind, put fantasy aside for a second, is George Kirby a top 10 pitcher in baseball right now? Ooh, he's he's hinting at it. He certainly yeah. is. The super low walk rate, the dominating four-seamer, curveball, slider, sinker, all are effective right now. I mean, the scribble was so good in that game. Mm. Um, it's, oh. it's hard to push against it because he has the 11th most innings in the majors at the moment. And yeah. if you guys know anything about me for Cy Young stuff, Fast knows the two stats I care about the most. Uh, which are ERA and innings pitched. That's it. I don't care about anything else. And that's only for Cy Young. It's not for like fantasy stud. It's about like for the actual production you you had as a starting pitcher. And 23rd in the majors in ERA and 11th in innings pitch is pretty dang good. Um, one whip too is really nice. That's third best among all major league starters. So it's hard to argue against that for real life baseball. Do you know how many times those curveballs were OO and I got... I was obviously overjoyed as a, as a pitching fan, but as an mm-hmm. Orioles fan, I was mortified. Like there were so many that were perfectly center cut that could have been hit yeah. a mile, but it doesn't matter because guys just don't know what to do with those OO uh, curveballs. Right. And when you go to the plate, estate. you're not anticipating that. And if you're not yeah. anticipating it, it's really hard to adjust during the pitch. Yep. 100%. I'm trying to pull up right now what his first pitch CSW is with, uh, with curveballs. But while I do that, uh, we should take a look at, I mean, l- listen, let me go ahead and yeah, 45% CSW rate on first pitch curveballs. Um, <laughs> let's see how often he goes to it while you tell me why Sandy Alcantara is rising. I at least also want to just give you a second to talk about him because he, he's different. The past four starts, it took a while, but 
he's here. So a couple things about Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I know how he pronounces it now. I actually oh, like okay. sat down because I've heard so many things. I say Alcantara all the time. I've seen Alcantara. Mm. Everything he was on, uh, I want to say High Heat, or it was um, it's one of the MLB shows, and uh, he said that they're all wrong. It's Alcantara. <laughs> Alcantara, right? As in, as Alcantara, as in Alcantara, as it's Alcantara, but it's there's an accent to it essentially at the end okay. of it, okay. right? Uh, in a way that I like, you know, I'm terrible at Spanish, so, uh, but it's not Alcantara is my point. Okay, good. Not Alcantara. Let <laughs> me know that. Uh, but anyway, Sandy is phenomenal right now. Uh, his last four starts have been nine innings, eight innings, six innings, and nine innings. The only one that wasn't amazing was the Rangers start, which was still productive for you for fantasy because it was a five, uh, it was a one whip with seven strikeouts. And sure, it was four and runs. He allowed two home runs in that game, and that was really it. Uh, it was dominant otherwise, and the other games were just absolutely studly. Um, yeah, he's been everything you really want him to be since the end of June, since uh, June 27th. So I'm, I'm a huge, you guys know how big of a fan I am of Sandy Alcantara. And I I don't even think that's even how you do it. I, I'm so bad at pronouncing Spanish names. Okay, I'm so sorry. 259 ERA, 105 whip, 23% K rate, 62 innings in just nine games since the end of June. That is uh, June 27th. Nine games for 62 is what near seven yeah essentially seven innings on average 60.2 in that so absurd absurd to say the least uh he's certainly in a much better place at the moment and uh yeah it's hard not to believe that he's not going to just soar to the finish line at this point uh real quick uh julio arias rising seven before we go to tier four Uh, i i it was the best i've seen of him for a long time um and by the way with sandy too this matchups are really tough the next three this is why he doesn't have an ace is going to ace left or right now, is I LA. need to see him actually endure that and see what happens. Next matchup against LA. Are you starting or sitting? I'm going to do it. Gosh, Probable so start. Scared. Bottom probable start. It's terrifying, but he's in such a good place. I'm so scared. I know. I'm so scared. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to... Oh, actually, no, you didn't do Julio. That was the last thing on Sandy. Oh, yeah, Julio is just he's pitching as good as he we've ever seen him. Chained up was actually getting whiffs last time. Uh, Four-seamer curve were both great. Uh, it feels uh, between him and Webb, Urias has the better situation. Okay. Uh, and with the Dodgers and Webb is still going to have a high hit for nine. So things are better for Julio. And so Katir four, 20 through 27, Justin Verlander up three, followed by you Darvish, Freddie Peralta, Aaron Nola, Logan Gilbert up 10 to 24, followed by three fallers and James Paxton, Fer- uh, Framber Valdez and Jesus Cesardo down 10 to 27. What's it called? And why is it called that? This is looking at the door. And hoping for someone to come in for you to hug. Mm, except on the other side of that door is me sending you a text about Jesus Cesardo's seven earned runs over five and or four and two thirds innings. I got to say for everybody listening, the massive smile on fast face <laughs> for someone to do poorly is just so Stop. out of character. Don't, for what set, we do don't set me up for failure. You know that we Unbelievable. Had that I didn't bring this up. You know that we had that bet. Um, I hey, you know what? Two two before he started his little stretch of being ineffective, I gave you the floor. I gave you the floor. I know. I think that was a problem is that you gave me a victory lap that we don't take victory laps. And I I I took the bait. Took the bait. Don't take victory laps. I got the DMs to prove you wrong on that one. Um all right, let's 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 that's a joke what? between us. What? I don't do oh, it like okay, right. you know, I don't no, no, no. you guys know this on this podcast over the years. Like we don't 
We don't like doing that. It's not a, it's not a good thing. We don't do it as much, but it's mostly because we're wrong a lot. Um, exactly. Let's move over to let's move over to Logan Gilbert, who is one of the, I believe, the largest riser in the tier, uh, who jumps up ten. We'll stick with the Seattle Mariners. I mean, man, the San Diego. It's so funny. San Diego is such a conundrum where they have a top ten uh, uh, rotation uh, by ERA since the All Star break, and not even a bad bullpen, and they just are not able to execute. And Logan Gilbert was able to take advantage of going seven innings of one hit baseball, no walks, and 12 strikeouts. Picking up, picking up whiffs on the slider, picking up whiffs on the four seamer. Didn't matter. Even had a few splitters just falling off the table and uh, and hitting the dirt. But really, the story was a 50% CSW on that slider. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw. What are you thinking about Logan Gilbert moving forward? Why did he rise 10? And also, what's did I do? What's it called and why is it called that? I didn't. What's it called and why is it called that? I did. At the door, we're hugging. You said, oh, the hugging text. at the door. Oh, my yep, God. Sorry. You just want to mention yep. it again about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's run it back. Let's run it back. All right. So, Logan <laughs> Gilbert, why did he rise 10? Why did he jump 10? Uh, so, obviously, the slider is everything with Logan Gilbert and that's it. That's what you've been waiting for. The interesting thing though, there is, there's one flaw about Logan Gilbert still that is preventing me from making him into an ace. And I'll tell you after this break. Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. So here's the thing fast. Logan Gilbert, right? We've been waiting. Oh my gosh, once he gets a slider, he's all good, right? Well, he needs to have a dominant four-seamer first. And that was what we've seen in previous years was that Logan Gilbert would have this 12%, 13% swing strike rate. There was a lot of debate between who had a better four-seamer uh, entering this year. Is it Logan Gilbert? Is it George Kirby? And this pitch has been a 9% swing strike rate this year for Logan Gilbert. Not nearly as good. A lot more hard contact as well. Um, and I'm a little hesitant to lean so much into the slider improvement because I really do need to see that four-seamer be that elite pitch again. And it isn't. But he's mm-hmm. been able to get some results, and you're still going to start him and all. But uh, once he once he actually has that old four-seamer, maybe it's the whole supination thing that you talk about with cutters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, when you throw a better cutter or a slider. As, by the way, the light just turned off in, fa- in fast basement for a moment, and it was terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I, my somebody, gosh. Someone, someone somebody definitely forgot I was in light. here. Oh, I don't yeah. wish that on anybody. Uh, I just- but once Logan Gilbert has a four-seamer dominating again and he has a slider like this, then we're actually talking top 20, top 15 pitcher because there's some legit upside there. And my gosh, the Mariners have so many good guys. It's insane. So many. So I'm very curious to see what they do in the offseason. And luckily, knowing that team. Who's the best hitter on the market outside of Shohei? 
I don't know, but whatever it is, we won't have to wait long. Yeah, maybe Cody Bellinger. That's an interesting ballpark for him. Um, I'll look up the 2024 free agents while you tell me about why Framber Valdez has fallen 10 spots. (sighs) Look, he had these struggles and he had the no hitter and then he struggled again and he's going right now. I'm very curious how it's how it's going, but. I, I, it doesn't really matter what I say. The guy has five earned runs, four earned runs, six earned runs, no hitter, six earned runs. And it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't just sit here and tell you everything's going to be fine. Um, I hope that the cutter comes back. That was a huge thing for me for Framber Valdez was the cutter having its redemption uh, or sorry, actually returning into this major pitch for him. And it's kind of gone away. But then again, over the years, we've seen Framber Valdez have these valleys and then he just kind of gets out of it eventually. I imagine we still just got to keep starting Valdez. I was starting him tonight. Um, but yeah, I can't tell you guys that everything is A-OK, especially when other guys are performing well. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. There, There's a few interesting ones. And if anyone wants to uh, take a preview of the 2024 MLB free agent class, there's a fantastic pitcherless article that was published at the beginning of this year that talks uh, quite a bit about that. Um, I do know that Reese Hoskins is, is there. Uh, it, it's not huge in terms of outfielders aside Cody Bellinger. Um, not a lot of great ones, but Matt Chapman uh, is a free agent. Um, with Merrifield, kind of interesting. Not big in terms of the catcher class. Um, uh, J.D. Martinez, again, a free agent. Really, it's, it's kind of yeah, all you about... You J.D. Martinez, all right. Well, throw in Starling Marte, too. <laughs> uh, Max Muncy has a club option. There's a lot of interesting guys with club options. Um, anyway, let's uh, move on to the next tier. Uh, this is tier 5, 28 through 32. This is Zach Eflin, Kenta Maeda, Tarek Skubal, Bailey Ober, and Bryce Miller. What's it called and why is it called that? <sighs> okay. This is uh, the old staple. You see okay. a friend of yours and you say, oh, have you met Joe? And, and that you can use that to get out of get it. Get out of there! Doesn't that, doesn't that hook you? No, 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 no. Yeah, but oh yeah, if you got it, and then they start talking. Then you, then you go away. Very nice. The sneak. That's out the old. I mean, sorry, I don't. I'm. Sh- I don't know why I thought Joe. I was just thinking of Joe Schmo. So, just a <laughs> standard old Joe Schmo. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good Joe Schmo? Um, I'm trying to think of you know guys that we haven't really hit on quite as much. I guess we haven't really talked about Bryce Miller more recently. Um, who man, I didn't, again, I didn't even think about this. this. Is another Seattle Mariner starter that we're going to go ahead and talk about right now, but we should because he delivered a you know there was a, a period of time um, uh, not too long ago where you were like okay maybe he's been figured out you know. Poor starts against Boston, poor start against Minnesota, where he gives up 12 earned runs over essentially 11 innings against both of those teams. And you're like, oof, don't know if this is really it. And then he ends up getting 10 Ks against the Angels. He doesn't execute perfectly against Baltimore. He gets two strikeouts, um, but he only gives up one earned run, two runs total over five and two thirds. Give him a little bit of an early hook as he gets into some trouble. Um, the four-seamer isn't terrible. Um, actually, maybe I take that back. The command isn't, but he ends up just picking up a 19% CSW on it. What are you seeing from Bryce Miller that has you say, okay, he's going to stay in this tier. He's going to stay near the top 30 uh, and not having him drop a little bit more. I mean, we saw the slider against the Angels. It was insane. It was, yeah. it was like the greatest Bryce Miller start you could ever hope for. I mean, sure, it was five innings, 85 pitches, though. 10 strikeouts slider precision was there. The four seamer precision was there. Um, and the slider wasn't as good against your Orioles. I hope yeah. it will come back, but just the idea that that is there and possible now, 
I think over time, Bryce Miller does find that again. And the four-seamer is still a really good pitch. So, yeah, I'm still in here on Bryce Miller. Love these little little tiny baby tiers. Anyone else in this tier you want to talk about? Because, again, we've talked about Eflin Maeda Scubel um, and hit on Obra a little bit in the past. But anyone else that – and they're only just falling and rising one. So nothing super notable. But anyone else you want to talk about? I understand if some people have some trepidation about Bailey Ober just because he allowed six and runs against the Royals and then four against the Tigers. But that game against the Tigers, that, that was such a weird outing. Uh, he earned a gallows pole with 22 whiffs and 16 on his four-seamer. But change-ups were in the middle of the plate. Same with sliders. It wasn't as good with it. But to see the 16 whiffs on his four-seamer is just okay. Uh, the skills are still very good uh, for Bailey Ober. It called the Bailey special for a reason. Go six innings, one to three and runs with mm-hmm. uh, about five to seven base runners and a strikeout per inning. Like he does that so consistently. Trust him through the end. Okay, let's move on to tier six here, thirty-three through thirty-nine. We're talking Sunny Gray, Kodai Senga, and Merrill Kelly all up five. Kyle Bradish up fifteen to thirty-six, followed by Justin Steele down seven to thirty-seven. Chris Bassett and Jose Barrios at thirty-nine. What's it called? Why is it called that? So it's really important to understand at a party where you're standing is, is a huge deal. Oh, right? totally. Huge. And uh, so what you do if you want to get out of this is that you you don't necessarily say, I'm going to just walk over here now. You can invite them to like sit down on the couch with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's other people there. So at least then when you have this conversation with this person, then you can also chime in on other ones too. And then just kind of blend uh... together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Very. These so are make very, sure these that are you like smooth. you can. You don't have to just abruptly be like, "I'm walking away from you," <laughs> yeah. but like you can make it so that it's not just you stuck with this one guy. I don't uh, want to spend too much time on this because I don't want to be a hypocrite because we spent a lot of time on Kyle Bradish last time, but he did jump up 15, six innings pitched, one walk, seven Ks, two earned runs, and five hits uh, against Seattle this past weekend or yesterday. Excuse me. Really, really good slider. What else is oh, new? Yeah. Um, it, is it just the slider that has you saying like, all right, it is what it is. I'm going to jump him up. Is it the future schedule? What is it about Kyle Bradish that has him up 15? I mean, yeah, you've obviously talked about the future schedule for the O's being the best in the AL East, but honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something right now. 12, 12 games for Kyle Bradish. This is dating since uh Thursday, the, the eighth of six, <laughs> the old European way. I love it. <laughs> That was the 6th of June. Um, 257 ERA, 0.99 whip, and a 25% K rate in that time for Kyle Bradish. You love to see that, right? Uh, 73 uh, innings in those 12 games, which means essentially six innings on average per start. Um, He's in a good place of of his sliders, obviously an elite pitch. Curveball has been better than I've seen. I'm not going to say that it's there and it's everything, but it's more active in his approach and especially against the Mariners, it was really good there. When it shows up, it does great things. And he's done a good job of avoiding balls in play on the four-seamer. That has been my biggest pushback on Cal Bradish. Was that I don't think it's a good four-seamer. And it isn't. It really isn't. But as long as it gets called strikes, then we're okay. And that's what Bradish is doing. And he's not allowing so many balls in play off of it. The sinkers also good- helped, too. So. Sinker helps yeah. a lot. I think it's yeah. it's it, it helps him set up that slider. And it, uh, the only problem I think is he could do it even more. Get rid of the four seamer. He still throws it early in counts and gets ambushed. Just stop. Get rid of it. Yeah, only twenty uh, percent talked- usage on that four seamer instead of thirty percent before. Um, even more than that. Uh, called strike rate twenty two percent. That's pretty good in that time in those twelve games. Uh, also fifty two percent ground ball rate as opposed to in the air when mm-hmm. it is hit into play for that four seamer. That said, it is a four forty five BABIP. So don't want to. Put it in play, buddy. But yeah, it's uh, it's a really good slider. 
Um, curveball solid. Sinker has helped. Winning ball club. Yep, I had to push up Bradish. We, we, we hit it upon a majority of these as well. We talked about Gray, Senga, and Kelly last week or the week before. We also talked a little bit about Steele, but he's another one that we should delve into just a little bit as he ends up falling seven. Um, what was it about Steele's recent performance? You know, it wasn't the worst. He had five innings, three in runs, and no walks, and seven Ks against a very good offense in Toronto. What was it there that had to say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. He's going down seven. I understand that, like, Toronto, also Atlanta, I haven't really seen Steele dominate for a little bit now. I, I feel like it hasn't been until or since uh, the 21st against the Cardinals. And his command has just been off a bit. It's been a lot more fastballs and sliders over the middle of the plate as opposed to uh, around the edges that it was early in the season. It's really nice that, of course, those 500 runs were removed in uh, yeah. against Boston, of course. But even in that one and the follow-up start after, it was just still like it's all been a little weird with him. And, and I'm not too surprised. I mean, it was four walks against Atlanta. And even against the Jays, it just wasn't him being pristine. Seven Ks is great. But it's not the same Justin Steele. And I felt that the other guys inside this tier are just, yeah, okay, I'm expecting more from them at the moment. So I gave a little bit of a dip to Justin Steele, but still very much, yeah, he's a great starter for my team. Okay. Let's go to tier uh, seven here, 40 through 47. Chris Sale reappears at 40. Andrew Abbott, Lance Lynn up 6 to 42. Gavin Williams up 16 to 43, followed by Bobby Miller, Grayson Rodriguez, Yuri Perez, and rounding out the tier, Tanner Bybee at 47. What's it called and why is it called that? This is the faking the phone call. It's a very risky proposition. Love this. This is a, it's a risky one because you might have to really lean into it. You know, you might actually need, you got, it it, it can make you look real bad. Yep. Sometimes you just got to do it and, uh, you know, it it can, it can pay off. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you hundred percent. You know, you know, those, um, those, um, movie montages where all of a sudden the team, regardless of sport will start winning and you'll see like uh, the, the, uh, the standings kind of go from left to right across the screen. And it's like fifth place, fourth place, third place. It's a montage. Yeah, exactly. It's this beautiful montage. That's kind of what's happening with Gavin Williams at the moment. He's now the 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 head of the list, right? He's the cover image. He's up 16 inside of the top 50 right now. He's only thrown 54 innings, but if he were to qualify, he'd be 11th among starter ERA right now with a 117 whip, 27% K rate. Yeah, the 10% walk rate is obviously a little bit scary. Coming off of back-to-back multiple uh, back-to-back double-digit strikeout games against the team in second place and third place in the AL East in Toronto and Tampa Bay. So two very, very good teams. Oh, by the way, he only gave up one earned run and walked one in those starts for, uh, that was over, what, 12 innings, right? Um, What have you seen in those past? Also, both of those on fewer than 91 pitches 90 pitches and 87 pitches 12 k's and 10 k's that's unbelievable what are you seeing from gavin williams yeah gavin williams's four seamer is legit i mean it, it is legit and i just wonder uh, is he going to be able to get his breaking balls down enough to make this work it is also really interesting the y movement that is a sackcast vertical break not high 53rd percentile on it yet we are seeing that success up in the zone on it maybe it's just the fact that he throws 96 and that it's hard or maybe the extension is really great uh which it is by the way 99th percentile so that's probably what's going on here 
seven uh seven point five extension is insanely good. Mm. Uh so with that extension, he is missing a lot of bats with a four seamer. But you know, it, it's a case where I pulled him down too far last time, then these two amazing starts after that. Right? You're welcome, guys. I obviously <laughs> did. This. Um but the reason I brought him down before, and we shouldn't forget that, is Gavin Williams only threw 18 innings in four games. It was five innings, four innings, four innings, five innings because of his volatility. Yeah. And that's not out the window now because of these two games. Yeah, That's still very much present with, with Gavin. However, I do think over time, and I've said this a lot with a lot of these young guys, we see what the skills are and we know how these things generally get better. With yeah. Gavin, it's less about, hey, I need you to have a new curveball or a new slider. You just got to get those things low. And with time, we generally do see improvement um, with those pitches, especially with a guy like Shane Bieber that hopefully can help him. And all the Guardians' history of having two elite secondaries, yeah, uh, you would hope That's that was, he can get those low. So no, I, I hope to see that from Gavin Williams. I'm really in on him for next year. Right now, though, his slider has a ninth percentile in low lock, uh, under 50% low locations. And that's the bottom third of the zone and below. So we hope to see that improve over time. And uh, he has to get a better than a 52% strike rate on the curveball. But as long as he does those things, uh, for example, we saw a 75% strike rate on the slider in the last start. And we saw a 50% strike rate uh, in the, or the race start. Sorry, it was a 75% strike rate on the slider in the J start. But yeah, good stuff from Gavin Williams. Obviously, I had to push him up because, yeah, those were two amazing outings against the Jays and the Rays who are not easy to dominate against. 100%. Lance Lynn also up six. Real quick, 18 innings pitched as a Dodger now with a two ERA, uh, a 22 to four strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, three of his four earned runs coming off solo shots in that first start against Oakland. And since then, just one earned runs against San Diego and Colorado. As I just said, Colorado, San Diego, the other start against Oakland. Is this legitimate change because he is now a Dodger, which it seems to be? They have made some tweaks. Is this benefiting an easy schedule? Is it a little bit of both? And are you buying into it? Yeah, I really actually had my doubts that the Los Angeles Angels would really fix uh, Lance Lynn. The Angels? And, uh, oh, this is the Angels, the Dodgers. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all LA. Whatever. <laughs> um, no, the, the Dodgers would really fix uh, Lance Lynn. And they absolutely have. I was so wrong about this because obviously the situation is better. You're on a winning team, better defense, um, better home park. Sure. But I still thought at the end of the day, like the pitches are still bad. Yeah. Um, the cutter's gone. The four seamers up and that's apparently working. Sure. It's been better matchups for Lance Lynn thus far. And that's nice. But like, if you have Lance Lynn, you are just going to start him. Yeah. I, all that stuff be damned. Like you're going to just do it. So here's the thing too, even if it is because of, Four teams. His next two starts are Milwaukee and the Guardians. So it's not like we're talking about elite top ten, right? You know, offenses. So that you keep rolling with that. Anyone else in this tier before we move on to tier eight? Uh, Yuri Perez, I think, is going to be limited a little bit. I, I watched them a bit on the stream just as another check-in. Really good four seamer and slider, but he needs to do a little bit more. I think with the curveball and uh, changeup to be that consistently like six innings with his limited pitch count, I think with the Marlins. So keep that in mind. And Tanner Bybee, I watched all of his start again on stream today. Uh, if you guys aren't doing that, by the way, you got to do it. 2 p.m. Mondays, Eastern time. I'm just showing my whole process for the list. And I watch these guys. Mm. I do not buy it at all from Bybee. I, I really don't. 
And it's a case of I'm fine. I'm just going to ignore all of my instincts there and just keep starting. I'm not going to tell you to drop him or something. But I am going to tell you that I'm worried about Tanner Bybee because I I saw him flow all of these changeups and sliders to, to the raise. Fastball command is sometimes really good and sometimes terrible. Curveball wasn't trusted. It, it just didn't feel like I've seen a lot of really good dominating pitchers. And you watch them and subconsciously, you know that they're good. You were talking about George Kirby. My gosh, this was so good. You've watched Bradish and it's felt great. Mm-hmm. And Tanner Bybee, no, <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Uh, so it just kind of works. And it's like, man, that was a middle, middle fastball at 1-0 that just, oh man, it, it fly out to the right field or something like that should have been crushed. All this kind of stuff. So I, I'm a little worried here about Tanner Bybee. Okay. Uh, let's move on to tier eight, 48 through 56. We're talking Yusei Kikuchi up 12, Lucas Giolito down 18, Dylan Cease, Jordan Montgomery down 14 to 51, followed by Jose Quintana up 11 at 52, Erod, Jack Flaherty, Brian Bayo, and Michael Lorenzen up 10 to 56. What's it called? Why is it called that? So this is tough. I mean, you, you can always just do the staple of silence, you know, some, <laughs> You know, and and like, and and it's not, you know, it's not fun, but like it works. You can get distracted. Just look at your phone, you know, like just not being as responsive and it stinks. You're not enjoying yourself, but it works. We, I joked, we joked earlier on the podcast about what the Orioles record was after you doubted them. We should do the same for Michael Lorenzen since I said the Orioles should not go after him or we were like, this isn't going to last because here he is throwing a complete game shutout against Washington. Sure. Not just that fast. It was a no hitter. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. And the no hitter. That too. (laughs) Um, Throwing the no hitter in the in the fantastic juice. He's truly one of my favorite baseball stories because he's the guy who hit the home run, uh, appearing after his dad passed. Like he like hit a. He's just had an amazing career. Uh, also, one of those guys who was what is it? He goes to that high school where every pitcher who has gone to the big leagues oh, yeah, from that high school now. has now thrown a no hitter. That's, That's absolutely insane. remarkable. So also just got to shout out the Phillies for being like. Yeah, sure. We're we're trying to make a deep run here, but yeah, we're going to let you throw 124 pitches to get this no hitter. Like that's all you. Go ahead, do it. Um, we're we're up like seven to nothing, but you're you're going to get this last inning. Um, what have you seen recently from the guy who has now thrown what is that 17 innings in his last two starts? Um, what have you seen from Michael Lorenzen? I mean, Lorenzen, I don't actually believe any of it. Uh, <laughs> but just like kind of like with Taron Bybee, it's like I'm not gonna tell you to yeah. go take some chances no one's gonna drop him for those guys so sure. fine but yeah you should be going after jose quintana instead that command is legitimate um jordan montgomery I, and you're gonna see these big drops from giolito and montgomery um here and it's yeah if you really want to push back against that fine but they're also kind of boring and i felt that it's you know this is why i do the tiers is tier seven is about cool you're chasing something exciting go for that while tier eight is a little safer and all and michael Renzen. As long as you keep throwing against weak teams or middling teams, you'll be fine. So fine. Mm. Here he is, 56. All right. Beautiful. Um, it's fun. I'm glad the other person I wanted to hit, uh, hit upon was Jose Quintana, who's just like just strolling down this list. I love seeing him so high because he has been executing remarkably well. We do have to talk about some of the fallers. Lucas Giolito, uh, not really what the Angels were kind of hoping they were going to acquire, not really setting himself up for a good market in his free agent year. What have you seen recently from Lucas Giolito? 
it's not terrible. I mean, it's, some people might be surprised, like, what? He just went 300 runs in six innings with one whip and seven Ks against the Giants? And I know, but also really just hasn't been that exceptional. And I felt that I was overvaluing um, Giolito just a little bit. I um, also expected just a little bit more uh, from, from all of his stuff in this one. Um, his four-seamer had a horrific 4-3-7 PLV in the start. Um, and the changeup, which is normally the staple of success, 4.5. So I'm just feeling weird about Giolito at the moment. And yeah, we all joke that like the early morning start against Atlanta is everything for him, right? That's how it was in 2022 for the uh, Boston Marathon Day in, mm-hmm. in, uh, against the Red Sox. But yeah, Giolito's fine and you're going to keep starting him. But I just saw all the guys in tier seven. I'm like, yeah, you're going to chase all that stuff instead. And also Yusei Kikuchi jumping up 12. I mean, he's been mm, yeah. stalwart. Yeah. Um, I was even tempted to push him into tier six. Uh, but I, but I said, you know what? Fine. It's Yusei Kikuchi. We all kind of feel like there is a uh, time limit or something along those lines um, for this. But yeah, you're going to keep rolling with him too. The next tier, uh, it, it, I'm going to spoil it, contains Cole Reagans. And I want to be able to give you an opportunity to do the follow-up chapter to your epic tirade last week. And we're going to get to that uh, right after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Fast, how dare you call that a tirade yeah. last week? That was beautiful. Was, that was poetry. It was. It was beautiful. And I, I enjoyed it. It's not, it's not my intent there. Let's, so we're in tier nine. It's 57 through 63. <laughs> Skull Reagan's up 12. Hunter Brown down 12. Brady Singer up eight at 59, followed by Christian Javier. Nick Pavetta up 12 to 61. John Gray up eight. And Dane Dunning up 27 to 63. What's it called? Why is it called that? You know what? You can do something. If you really don't enjoy talking to somebody, uh, if you're just like, you know, you don't really want to have the conversation that they are having with you, yeah. just talk about whatever you want to talk about. Oh, just literally just go in on the thing that you want to talk about to the point that they don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. You know, and if they do, then great. Then you get to talk about the thing you want to talk about. You know, you just go into, oh, do you like video games now? Well, actually, let me just tell you about this other game (laughs) and you just go into it. You know, be the guy whispering into the ear of the person who's just so like, oh, my gosh, please get me out of here. Be that person if you need to get out of it. It is risky, though. You are putting your reputation on the line here. But if you need to get out of it, this could work. So 
we have we're going to start with Cole. So we start obviously the week with the 11 strikeout game against Boston. You're very excited. You do a fantastic breakdown about it. And then at the end of the week, it's it's a real dud, right? It's four walks. It's five Ks. Yes, it's nine slider whiffs, which is nice to see. Yes, it's 96 mile an hour that he's still sitting on the four seamer, which is nice to see, even though he drops the usage down about 10%. Actually, excuse me, about 20% uh, instead going with more sliders, which I don't mind at all. But again. Five innings, four in runs, four walks, five Ks, seven hits. Not great. Uh, talk us off the ledge here. I have the perfect way of explaining Cole Reagans to you guys. You have just arrived um, at a wonderful dinner. It, it has a buffet of all of the snacks, all of the all of the, the the cheeseburgers you want, the meat that you want, the steak over there. You've got the lovely shish kebab or whatever you want. All the stuff you want. I don't know why these are the things I'm talking about. Yeah, what kind but of then you got your are you sweets, going to? You got your snacks. You got everything. And it's all there. And, you know, sometimes you can be like, cool, here's a perfectly constructed meal with all of these elements because I have everything at my, at my whim in front of me. But sometimes you're just going to stuff yourself because, you know what? I want 20 more little Swedish fish. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want to go for today. And you realize that wasn't a good decision. And watching the Red Sox start for Cole Reagans was him elegantly being like, cool, I've got my steak. I've got my mashed potatoes, maybe a little bit of uh, some mac and cheese on the side. I've got a little bit of gravy. I'm now thinking, of course, friends given, but I'm given, not giving. And that was a lovely, lovely time. You sit back and go, what a what a fantastic meal. Sure. But then then one against the Cardinals, I saw him. His fastball so good at the top of the zone. He threw another 30% of the time. He didn't yeah. go to the cutter as much as he should. Instead, he's yeah. like, oh, no, but I'm going to be so good with this curveball. I'm going to be so good with this slider and changeup. And he kept throwing it in times when he really shouldn't have and was then leading into these counts that he didn't want to be in. Not to mention there were certain times it was just like, oh, well, that's a stupid. Uh, he had a double play ball up the middle that was booted and then called a hit instead of an error. Mm-hmm. And then that messed up an inning further and it made the whole thing worse. But this really was a situation of Cole Reagan says all the weapons, all of the all the things you could ever dream of. He has five pitches. I'm not even kidding. Five that I think are all legitimate. And that's what makes me so excited about Reagan's. That was a start where he just didn't kind of go together right. And to what? think that all of a sudden that Reagan's being the guy against the Red Sox is now just that's gone no this sure. isn't alec marsh throwing 11 strikeouts and then being yeah, yeah, yeah. sure that sure. was so i watched that one and that was illegitimate right this was an amazing beautiful outing i saw him against the Cardinals. had still had some unreal pitches and you know he just kind of didn't make it all work right and uh the timing the sequencing i don't think was it obviously he let some guys go that he would regret later on that's how that is. That's part of the development of it. But to sit here and say, oh, yeah, you should drop Cole Reagans out? Absolutely not. The schedule is so good for the Royals, too, moving forward. You are holding tight here, 100%. Cubs in Oakland. Cubs in Oakland for Reagans. Two things. One, when you were breaking down that meal, it was the closest I've ever come to thinking that you might just be a lost boy from Peter Pan, just hearing <laughs> you break down what you think a dinner is. Uh, and two... What is my counter? What is I I, I don't disagree because I like his upside. I actually picked him up in a league. What's what is my mm. counter to your argument? I uh, probably there are two, which is one track record, and mm-hmm. two is two Tommy Johns. You know, not necessarily about health. I'd say three also. Uh, maybe being on Kansas City isn't a uh, helpful it's, thing. It's for him. it's three 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 and three. 
if, if there is an organization that I do not trust to help him maximize his pitch mix mm. and a catcher who might not necessarily be there at the moment because of fantastic catching prowess, um, not taking away from Sal Perez, he's an MLB legend and I love watching him play, but we're not talking about your typical catcher like Martin Maldonado, who the pitchers, you know, might love to work with a lot. Right. We're, 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 so while I, would, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you say that and I'm, I, I agree, right. I'm hearing you say that he's got five pitches, but like it's almost it's not Daniel Lynch 2.0 because he was just elite fastball with great velocity and there were other was issues. Was he elite though? It was. He was sitting like 97. Like I know. He was, but he was, we've seen that before. We even saw like the results on a lot of it and like the movement and stuff. It wasn't actually like sure. Uh, it wasn't like a Bryce Miller fastball or something like that. My point being, we have seen guys come through that system that had a lot of bright spots. Yeah. And then we have sure. seen them not. And so that's that's my concern there. This is we the, this t- is the brightest I've seen. I'm not even joking okay. about this. Uh, yeah, plenty of shine. Has, as far as the, the depth of his arsenal is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so I know, I know I'm sure. Trust me, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to bake in as much as I can here. It's why I put him in tier nine as opposed to tier seven with the other young, exciting uh, arms. And I said, look, tier eight, you've got your guys that you're not going to be dropping for this one. Uh, and also, I mean, yeah, just just kind of look at it relatively is what I would suggest for everybody. If you feel more comfortable going for, look, Dane Dunning just struck out a ton of Giants guys, and I feel better about that. You go and do that one. If you feel like you need the uh, the staple of Marcus Stroman or Christopher Sanchez, by all means, I have no problem with that. It's why I actually break them off in these tiers of cherry bombs. You want yeah. those, and Toby's if you want that. Personally, no. I see Cole Reagans as the highest upside play you could possibly think of for the next two months. We just need to make sure that Reagan's does not trickle down the list. Um, and if you yeah, get the way that, that reference, fast, like leaned over with every single syllable, should tell you how proud he was of that joke. And yeah, just a him. big fan of that. I can finally get in my Ronald Reagan joke. Um, <laughs> it's been four hundred and six episodes. I mean, hey, actor to actor, um, you know. Yeah, uh, funk to funky. We know Major Tom's a junkie. Let's um, let's talk about Dane Dunning. It, it, you haven't been the fondest of him. I mean, he was ninety last week. He's up twenty seven. So were you just like? I know you you were not excited about the K's, and then here he is with two uh, double digit strikeout games in his last three starts against the White Sox in San Francisco, a team that is doing what seances or something to try and turn their offensive woes around. What is it that you saw? Is it just that those strikeouts from Dane Dunning that has you thinking? Well, All right, he's here. I mean, this is actually what I mentioned. Um, he's been doing it for four starts now. Is He's actually leaned so heavily into sliders um, and cutters combined um, over his last four starts. And the only weird one actually was against the Athletics the start before where he only had six Ks and he went 300 runs and six innings and eight base runnings. You're like, that's not really quite what I wanted against the Athletics. And what do you know? Then he brought it back here against the Giants for 30% sliders with 12 whiffs. And once again, the the peak Brady Singer approach, right? Sinkers were called strikes, 10 of them, and then 12 slider whiffs. That's what he wants to be doing. That's, that's just great. I mean, it is the Giants. Keep in mind, it was the White Sox. And I would say probably like the Mariners are the other team that I would really consider as the best whiff teams to face. Uh, maybe the Twins would be there in as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next start for Ding Dunning is the Brewers, and they kind of do that too. And if you want to keep leaning in on this as... Dunning is favoring sliders more. Yeah, that that works for me. I wasn't in on Dane Dunning because he wasn't doing this. This isn't yeah. what he does. It's, it's not the the approach. But the second a guy changes his approach and has success doing that, I'm never going to turn a blind eye to that. Okay. 
Um, I also like that you might have called him Ding Dunning, which I kind of like a little bit better. Let's move to Tier 10 here, uh, 64 through 70. Um, we have Seth Lugo falling 10, Jose Urquidy up 34 to 65, followed by Marcus Stroman and Emerson Hancock. There he is, debuting on the list at number 67. Christopher Sanchez down 6, Kyle Hendricks and Dean Kramer rounding at the tier at 70. What's it called and why is it called that? Honestly, you know, at the end of the day, if you just say, hey, cool. Um, I'm going to go talk to some other people. Yeah, sure. People do that. That's a ball. That's a ballsy one. You, p- people do that. Yeah. Just give them a nice, like, okay, you know, and yeah, move on. I like that. I like that. Okay. So l- let's start with, I mean, there's two unranked ones. We, we should start with Emerson Hancock, who you had the fantastic kind of viewing party for his debut. Um, you know, obviously people got to sit back and watch you yell at him a bunch about the Tatis at bat with the sinker, um, which was <laughs> yeah, very was, funny. Oh um, yeah, but he, he settled in. I mean, it's a debut, right? You don't know what you're going to get. And he got five innings of one and run, three walks and three Ks. And you saw what you typically see from a starter struggling in the first inning, right? To kind of get their adrenaline in check and then, and then, and then settling in a bit. Some people might be a little, you know, oh, I've heard Emerson Hancock for so many years. He's, he's a top prospect. And here he is debuting at 67. Walk us through what you saw from Emerson Hancock. I was pretty encouraged. Um, I, I think that Emerson Hancock's good. Think of like Emmett Sheehan almost of a fastballs that should be able to get out a decent amount. I do like the slider of Emerson Hancock a little bit more. I think it was a really good uh, kind of a tight cutter, really. Um, he does need to maybe spot it a little bit better, but there is some promise in that pitch. Um, while the changeup was good at times, I mean, I was shouting him to use against Tatis because that's actually known as his best pitch um, from when I was reading up on him. Before the start, it was that this changeup is, oh, yeah, that's the main thing. He threw it a little bit less than the slider, which is why I was so surprised. Like, look, Tatis is so on this. This is your pitch. Throw the dang thing. Um, and then he finally did, and it was terrible. And then he did it again, and it was still bad, but it was good enough to get the ground out, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I do imagine over time we will see that changeup be better than a 53% strike rate. I see Emerson Hancock as a guy that will jam right-handers, use both sides, east and west, with that fastball. He has a four-seamer and a sinker. I really think of him more as a sinker baller um, than that four-seamer, but he is going upstairs with the four-seamer. had a 14% swing strike rate on it, and then the O-swing on the sinker was 35%. I mean, that's really, really cool. His approach with that, guess what? Arm slide location was 74%, which would be 95th percentile if he did qualify among sinkers. So Emerson Hancock, for a, I think is a goodish Mariners team. Like they're above 500 and everything. And with Wu, well, Wu might be back after like another week or so. Yeah. So at the very least, right now, pick up Emerson Hancock for a start against the Royals. I'm a fan of this. And then maybe not against Houston. You can probably push him back after that and see from there. He would get, I believe, the Royals or another week team after that if he is still in the rotation. But I think he's a solid Toby and someone you should be considering for your 12 teamers. Real quick, Jose Urquidy jumps up 34. Talk us through that. Dude, dude, Urquidy, this is like the best Urquidy start. The one before was all of his pitches outside the zone, but just a little too much. And I just wanted him to squeeze everything. And then he mm. did. He actually did. Forcing his right up top. Curveballs landed in for strikes. Sliders are in the right spots and changes are in the right spots. And sinkers are in this. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> is it going to stick? I don't know. But at least like he's in his best place I've ever seen him. And sure. it's for the Astros. You want to be pitching for the Astros. Like you want to be pitching for the Dodgers, Atlanta, and the Astros. And if anyone is doing well enough to prove that they can go six innings for any of those teams, that's excellent. So I love to see that with Urquidy. 
Perfect. Let's go to tier 11, then 71 through 78. Talking Charlie Morton down 15. Chase Silseth, J.P. Sears down 16 to 73. Mitch Keller, Brandon Williamson debuts in the list at 75, followed by Graham Ashcraft, Kyle Gibson, and Reed Detmers at 78. What's it called and why is it called that? This is your high-risk, high-reward. So it's all cherry bomb stuff. You are going to go the old, oh, hey, into the distance and just walk in that direction. Mm. You know, you didn't actually make eye contact with anybody. Sure. You're just going to just, oh, hey. Keep on going. Excuse me. And then just go yeah. and hope for the best. Yeah, I'm with you. So speaking of hoping for the best, uh, we should talk about Brandon Williamson, who's, you know, made a, made a good amount of starts um, and has not made the list. Back-to-back, relatively good starts against Miami and then Pittsburgh. Nine strikeouts via a very, very good changeup, right? Six whiffs against Miami um, uh, with the changeup and then following up with some pretty good changeup execution in the start against Pittsburgh with five whiffs again. Was it just the changeup execution that has him on your radar a little bit more or something additional? Yeah, uh, he's really been a four-seamer cutter guy. And they've been fine. I've been calling him a discount Wade Miley. He has increased his velocity from about 92 and change to 94 plus, which is good. Okay. You know, but, yeah. uh, but Wade Miley has just made a career of like, yeah, I'm going to throw these fastballs and cutters inside and then change ups away. And Williamson had out of that change up. Um, and all of a sudden there it is. <laughs> it's right there. So hopefully that's good enough for Williamson. I don't really know if it does enough. I mean, it's really nice to see that. Of course, a nine strikeout game against Miami, I don't know how much I can buy into that, but uh, Brandon Williamson, maybe there is something here that is actually tangible. I just love thinking of a, an even more discount Wade Miley. Ha! Just kind of cracks me I up. Mean, it was just like uh, a Wade Miley has actually shown like after cores this week, like, no, he's probably going to be, you know who that is with at least Williamson's like, oh, maybe I am too. That's sure. all. Uh, anyone else in the street you want to hit upon before we move I on? I mean, Charlie Morton has been a hipster all year and it's just about time. He really just stopped this unless you're chasing wins then otherwise I get it. Maybe even you want some like strikeouts, but you're going to hurt in the whip territory. Absolutely. And maybe also in the ERA. Uh, Chase still said this very interesting um, because he was slider and splitter focused when he had those 22 whiffs. And then he tally just three between them in his last start. However, it was a tougher matchup and he gets the Rays next. I originally thought it'd be the Rangers. Things got weird in the angels rotation. It's now the Rays. The Rays aren't as scary as they used to be. So with Otani getting skipped once, you might want to hold on to Silsa for at least one more. I hope that he sticks around after. We don't really know at this point. Kind of seems like he's been pitching well enough to justify it. But it's not really about that. It's about, well, he had a big new breaking ball that made us excited. And without that being so dominant, and then the splitter showed up, and without that being dominant, like, is this actually going to hold on and be tangible? And I have a little bit of doubt at the moment. Okay. Let's go to tier 12 here, 79 through 83, tiny little baby tier, Hyunjin Ryu, Aaron Savale, Clark Schmidt, Wade Miley, and Michael Waka reappears at 83. What's it called and why is it called that? Uh, this is literally just sipping on your drink and just staring. Mm. Like it's not silence. It's pretty much saying, oh, cool. Next, yeah, next up, sure, fair enough. Um, Michael Walker returning from the IL where he had some fatigue. Uh, it was was on there for quite a bit over a month. Um, Going to make his return against the Orioles tonight. If you're listening on Tuesday, um, Orioles bottom ten in WOBA in the past uh, since the All Star break, struggling offensively since the All Star break. Is this a still ill for you, or is oh, yeah. this a yeah, let it ride? 
Yeah, Michael Walker has been, I mean, there's two reasons why you want to avoid this one. Uh, Michael Walker's success is more so on the command. And generally when it comes back from it, when you guys, when you see guys come back from injury, I should say, yeah, that command isn't usually there right away. So you want to give them at least one start to showcase that they have. But we saw with Jose Quintana, it really took him two, three starts to get back. Into sure. That. Yeah. The second thing is that we saw Michael Waka last time in AAA on August 5th, and that was 48 pitches. I imagine they did something with him in between now and then that would hopefully get him up to about 55 or 60. But that does mean he'll be limited pitch count wise, too. So I would avoid that one for Michael Waka. Was it August 5th or July 5th? August 5th was in AAA rehab. Oh, AAA. Oh, AAA. Excuse me. Okay. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, anyone else real quick before we move to the final tier? Do you realize that Aaron Savali has like, what, a 281 ERA? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a 472 Sierra. Uh, and I normally don't just quote, you know, ERA estimators. It's not really my style. But I feel like that's a good showcase of saying, look, we don't buy the sub-3 ERA. I don't buy that he's a 472 ERA guy either. Um, it's better for him pitching for the Rays. It is very strange. I normally don't disagree with what the Rays do, but it is strange to see him having success going about 65 to 70% cutters plus curveballs. And then now with the Rays to go 55 to 60, I I don't like that as much. I don't think his sinker is as good. Um, mm. And we haven't seen Savali really get locked in yet with the Rays. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that was a significant change. If it is... I mean, the Rays are super smart. You know, maybe there's a good reason behind that. I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. But at the very least, don't expect that sub three year right for Savali. Okay, let's go to the final tier here. Tier, tier 13, 84 through 100. Matthew Liberatore, JP France reappear on the list, followed by Tony Gonsolin, Logan Allen down 11 to 87. Andrew Heaney, Cutter Crawford, Zach Little, uh, Cole Irvin, Ranger Suarez, and Zach Thompson are 91, 92, 93. They all appear on the list. Johan Oviedo down 20 to 94. Bryce Elder down 14 to 95, followed by Jamison Tyone, Tyler Anderson, Johnny Cueto, Griffin Canning, and Javier Assad. What's it called and why is it called that? So I know I skipped over. I have to use the bathroom. That's a, I, I, I could have done that one before. It's not as fun, mm, but it doesn't fit sure. for this one. It doesn't fit for this one. I feel like if, it, if this is your streaming guys, where it's just like, you don't really have any sort of investment in this. So what you're going to do, you're going to look them in the eye as, as they're talking or whatever, and you're just going to give them a pat on the back and walk away. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Good. Polite. Um, I'm just going to say love the, f- the fact that the Orioles have a six-man rotation and all are in the top 100. Truly never thought I would see the day. But Cole, <laughs> Cole Irvin is finally starting to look like what we thought he would be at the beginning of the year, which is like a kind of unsexy, good starter who can go six yeah, innings for you. Yeah, a perfect, perfect Toby. Who on this tier are you kind of most excited to talk about to bring it home for us? Yeah, so I mean, as you mentioned with Cole Irvin, stretched out, I think, by now. Yes. He does get the yeah. athletics, so he could be that Toby. I just need to see him actually do well against the athletics. Man, there's some interesting ones here. Libertor is getting an opportunity now with the Cardinals, but also Zach Thompson now that Steven Matz is hurt with his lat injury. I led with him about a week ago on that Sunday when he performed in I really hope that he takes advantage of it. It's not like he's amazing, um, mm. but he does have some intriguing stuff. There's obviously Javier Assad at the 100 mark. Watched him today on stream as well, about three innings. Wasn't very impressed for what he threw against the Jays, um, but there might be something decent enough there with the cutter and sinker and curve for him to squeeze out a decent uh, start or two there. And Zach Little is still someone you should be considering just for a cheap win. JB France has another shot this week as the Astros are skipping yep. over Hunter Brown. 
Um, don't worry, I didn't really change Hunter Brown because of that. It's just probably this week. Um, and JP France looked really good in that last start. So, yeah, again, if you're able to go six innings for the Astros, that's a very good thing to do. So he's here as well. And last one I'll mention is Ranger Suarez had some very good moments in that last start. And we've seen Ranger Suarez pick it up in the second half before. Maybe this is the start of him actually becoming that starter once again. And it might be the next starting against the Nationals where he really does showcase that. Okay. We're going <clears> to <throat> wrap the way that I like to wrap now because it cracks me up. What is your What is your way? What is the way that you get out of? What's the answer to the question for you? What's the way you do it? Uh, I, I generally, if I really am stuck in something, uh, I will say, you know, like, hey, really nice meeting you. I got to talk to, you know, uh, I, you know, I got to talk to a couple of people or whatever, but really nice chatting yeah. with you, you know, that gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah, got I mean, you. obviously, I, the, the drink one meant works all the time if you just want a quick one, but like, sure, you want to be like really polite about it. They understand, you know, anyone is respectful and understands that. Bathroom is 100% an easy go to as well. I, I really got to yeah. take a piss real quick. I'll, 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 see, you, I'll see you in a bit. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, too, you know what I do a lot, or I don't do it a lot. That's a lie. What I do frequently, um, actually, again, a lie, not even frequently. If there's an emergency, and I'm very worried about coming to this place because I just don't think it's going to be great, I'll find a friend and I'll say, hey, I'm going to this place at 7. 7.45, give me a call. Right? Give me a call. I mean, that's what people do and on dates. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Huge. Huge. Because then you don't have to fake the call. Or you can even say, I've done texts. I do texts in the back of an Uber if so the driver the thing, is just a big you know, talker. I, I, I know, guys, them. you probably already turned it off because we're done with pitching analysis. But this, you get sure. the real stuff now. Yeah. And this is the difference between me and Alex. Um, fast, fast. you have to prepare for people differently than I do. Yeah, totally. And as what well has made it so joy, joyful, you know, and just, just fast as my boy here because we compliment each other in this way. Yeah. And you just thrust me into people, but I'll be fine. And fast is like, get me out of here. You know, it's, it's the best. Uh, so I, I, I understand that you need to have these tactics and I'm happy that you found them for yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, yeah, don't don't ever don't ever worry, guys. You can come and talk to me, okay? But just don't I'm talk not to a me. good human. I'm not a good human being. <laughs> That's I'm not at all introverted. And I'm the thing is funny. If, what's really funny is I'm doing this all in jest because if you ever see Fast in an event, he is like the life of the party every single <laughs> time. I'm an, I'm an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. All right. That is going to do it, though, for episode number 406 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.